And I'm joined on the line by Koitra Reardon. Hello. Hello, Paul McLean. Hey, how's it going? Super duper. How are you, mate? I am good. You know what? You're one of those people who just instantaneously lifts one's mood. Oh, mate, that's so weird. I'm a drug. <laughs> <laughs> I am a drug. <laughs> um, listen, it's good. It's so good to hear you. And uh, you're, you're just, you're back again. Uh, you've been in New York for the last for the last wee while. That must have been uh, pretty, I'd imagine, pretty scary over the last couple of months, was it? It was. It got to be like living in a war zone for a while between the uh, the ambulances and, you know, just the sirens and the helicopters and the constant just stress of just coping. It got very hairy for a while. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And, you know, I, like, it's... It, so you've seen it go from, I mean, I, I was I was lucky enough to be in New York uh, last year. In fact, we met uh, when I was in New York last I year. I remember, yeah. yeah. And it was just so, you know, you just get such a buzz off the place. Everybody who's been there has been lucky enough to travel to, to, to New York. And I, I don't know anybody who, who, who hasn't, uh, who's been there who hasn't said, oh, you just get such a buzz when you're there. Yeah. The place is just so alive. It's so vibrant. I mean, not all of it, it. You know, it's not all good news stories, of course, like any major city, but there's just such a vibe, such a gritty kind of cool walking around kind of vibe to the place. And for that to suddenly be gone just must be eerie and, and just so strange. And Really spooky. That's this very dystopian calm. Yeah. was really odd. And this depopulation of the city that's so odd. Yeah, and, and of course, deeply, deeply tragic as well. We all saw the, you know, the reports on the news, and it was almost hard to believe. And there was something uh, about the, the the fact that New York was um, so badly affected uh, by COVID nineteen in in a in a strange, horrible way, and obviously very, very tragically. It, it it did make people really sit up and go, oh my god, this this one is different, and this one we really need to uh, take it very, very seriously. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing a place that you feel you know going through that. Everybody knows New York. Everybody has their idea of New York. And in Ireland, of course, we've all got cousins, family, roots, yes. connections in New York. And to just, it got slammed, man. It got slammed so badly. And a lot, a lot of the hurt was in kind of the boroughs. Manhattan did okay. Yeah. You know, Manhattan, a lot of the rich people, anyone, or not not even rich, but anyone who had any place to go outside of the city went. I was, I'm a nerd, you know, about data and stats, and I was following the stats on stuff like garbage collection and the neighborhoods where suddenly there was only half the amount of rubbish being collected every week. So a lot of people got out of Manhattan, but when you're in Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx, where a lot of the people work in kitchens, they work in delivery, they work as cleaners, they work as home care help. Those guys got slammed so hard. And, of course, they don't have the social safety net. Yeah. It's like you can't, you know, can we afford to call the doctor? No, we've just lost our job. It's just horrendous. And you'd been there for a, a few years. What, what, you, were, you were there as part of the, um, the Irish Arts Centre, was that <gasps> Yeah, I got invited a few years back by the great poet from your your part of Ireland, yes. uh, Paul McLoon. He oh, said oh, I, no, Muldoon, I'm not a great poet. <laughs> Paul, I wish Paul, I wish Paul, I were. <laughs> Paul, Paul Muldoon. It sounds very like McLoon. It is. Paul, we get we get taken for each other all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm, you. yeah, you know, I can stop at the street. Go, give us an old poem there. I go, no, nah, I got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you did give them a poem. Anyway, Muldoon, just out of the blue, just like, I've written this duet with a guy called Mark Mulcahy, and it needs a female voice, and you come and do it at my monthly gig at the Irish Arts Centre in Hell's Kitchen, where I'd never been, to this, I didn't even know there was an Irish Arts Centre there, but I rock up there, and it is the most fun and the best vibe, and I you know, I give it everything, and the special guest is Laurie Anderson. Oh, my God. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And as if that wasn't good enough, Paul then says, uh, we could use a bass player. Why don't you come back in the autumn and join the band and, and get yourself a, a proper work visa and, um, you know, let's do this properly. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. Let's get a work visa. And I was blessed, you know, just to yeah. have a visa. I mean, it was hard work, and it was a, it was expensive, man. But right. it was so worth it for the adventure, because then I could just. It was multiple entry. I could go. I could leave. I could work. I could pay my taxes. It was just heaven. And every month, I do this phenomenally fun gig at the Irish Arts Centre. And my first month as a regular guest, uh, I mean, a regular member of the band, the guest was Roseanne Cash. And it was the anniversary of Johnny's passing. And she did, she said, let's do 40 Shades of Green. I was like, ah, yes, let's do that. (laughs) Oh, that must have been, that just must have been such a buzz. What a buzz. It just made all the hassle and stress so completely worth it. And Muldoon's just a great man. Everybody loves him. He knows everybody. He makes magic happen every month. And, oh, it's of course, it's all just disappeared. We've no yeah. idea when it's all going to be. Because it's a small little theatre. There's no social distancing. And it's just, ah, when, when can that world come back? That's that's the big question for all of us. And it's just, I mean, obviously that is the big question and it is the smaller places that you do really worry for now. It certainly was me in terms of being a musician myself and, and just kind of going, I mean, our, our gigs... Um, you know they're not they're not the big big huge uh, shows where you sort of in you know, there's already t- already uh, talk now of well you know in the future rock festivals might look like this or stadium gigs might look like that or big venue gigs might have to look like this you know one in four seats uh, being uh, the only seats available to take three out of four out all these kind of different plans but like that's not you know what I mean that's not going to work in 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 a in a small club setting that's not going to work in like say for instance off the top of my head here in Dublin somewhere like Whelan's for instance that you no. just can't see that approach being viable. No, so. the little community theatres, the little back rooms, the bars, yeah. the, the sweaty little dives where you walk down the stairs and you feel the music and then you open the door and the sweat and the noise hits you and yeah. the crush of people. That uh, magic. Oh, it's the mad, the rock and roll, mate. The yeah, rock yeah. And roll. When's the, when do we get the rock and roll back? Oh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good song title there. You should you should work that one up. Um, and by the way, I'm I'm delighted to hear you're doing a bit of singing because I I, I we just heard you with the Pogues on I'm a Man You Don't Meet Every Day. Uh, and my favorite Pogue song, I have to tell you this, I've probably told you this before, but my favorite Pogue song happens to be one that you sang as well. It's the original version of Haunted. Uh, oh. I, I, actually, I wish we'd lined it up. I wasn't thinking. I wish we'd lined that up today. But we, we will. I'll make Mario play it next week. But um, yeah, the original version of Haunted from the Sid and Nancy soundtrack. I yeah, love it. Yeah, that was an amazing thing. I, I was amazed I got the gig because, you know, I notoriously, I was the second choice for a fairy tale in New York and I failed the audition, thank <laughs> God, because it was obviously destiny for Kirsty. Yes. And, um, but then they gave me another go, like Shane's written this big 
wall of sound kind of thing for sort of Sid and Nancy. So give it a go. And they got this producer called Craig Leon in who'd produced Blondie and was a real hotshot New York producer. Yeah, so I'm aware of him. Yeah, yeah. Money, you'd know him. Yeah, yeah. money was being spent. And I was like, I, this is just going to be another fail. But they they magicked it. They made it sound amazing and they got that real wall of sound and they had these amazing girl singers called the Dolly Mixtures doing yes. amazing backup vocals. Oh, it's, yeah. it's great. I urge everybody just go and seek it out on, on uh, uh, online, wherever, YouTube, whatever it is. If you, if you don't already have that or if you haven't already heard it, do uh, check out the original. It was done beautifully by Shane and, and Sinead later, but the original uh, version of, of Haunted, uh, absolutely um, it's a, a bit of a lost classic, I think. Anyway, you were you were you were doing a bit of um, aside from the rock and roll and aside from the the arts center stuff. You were also for a period. You were you were in the middle of a PhD, weren't you? Man, yeah, I was two years into the PhD when, when I got the the word that you know there was this chance to make this huge change and and go and actually try and make a bit of a career in New York City. So I was like, ah, okay. And I was hitting roadblocks. I was ha I was struggling with the admin side of the PhD. It was very hard for them to get their heads around what my vocabulary, how their vocabulary translated to my vocabulary. It sounds stupid, but if you say manager yeah. or an academic, it means it does not mean what it means to us as people in bands. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> and if you say musician, like well, even when I was at undergrad level, and I said, I want to take a popula population study of musicians, meaning, you know, you and me mm. and, and younger musicians. And they were like, well, you know, that there's a music school within UCD and they're talking about kids who've been learning the cello since they were four. Yeah. And I like that not my population <laughs> study group and just having to explain this constantly and then they did they didn't want to give me ethical clearance because they made up this idea that what if you witness drug taking when you're studying musicians oh god ah oh, man i had to actually go and find the guy who literally wrote the book on drug law in ireland a great guy called garrett orange and had a meeting with him and he said no, they're just wrong. You absolutely, you're not, that is not an ethical problem. They're making stuff up at this stage. Oh, uh, oh, they all make up stuff they worry about, Trick. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that's yeah. when I started to get the message that this was probably not going to happen. But So I, I had to drop out at UCD and go to New York, but I've got an offer from University of Edinburgh to go and do it in the music psychology department there anytime. And fascinatingly, <laughs> you were, part of what you were looking at or an interest in, in what you were studying was uh, common conflict and that, that is my specialist subject paul one yes. way or another <laughs> I, I imagine uh, if my experience is anything to go by i being in a band's a pretty good place to uh, observe a bit of conflict and how it all uh, pans out i think absolutely and here's the thing again with the academics you say this to an academic and they go oh my god yes fleetwood mac oh the rolling stones yeah. and i'd say just the fact that you've heard of those bands just proves what complete outliers they are just completely outside the statistical norm and how useless those bands are for any kind of academic research. Yeah. All those bands are good for is biographies and behind the music because they're so extreme. And for every Fleetwood Mac that you guys have heard of, there's literally 10,000 bands that you've never heard of and never will. And they're the 
that's the interesting stuff. How do relatively normal musicians, and of course it's a um. relative term, <laughs> how do relatively normal people who never quite reach the um, cocaine fuel private jet level, no. how the hell do they cope? And how do they make conflicts you know, resolve peacefully or not. Yeah. And that's the interesting stuff. But again, academics, they're like, oh, I love Rolling Stones. Can you get us into a Rolling Stones show? Like, what you go to? <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> um, we did ask, as we as, as is our wont on this show, uh, ask you to talk about a few of your favourite things. Ah. And, uh, oh yes, yes, oh you don't get off the hook that easily. Uh, um, and and you cho- a, a, a very inspirational uh, choice of, well heroes, plural actually. Oh. Um, uh, the, can you tell us a bit about uh, who you've chosen as heroes and why? Absolutely. I think around 1998, a book came out called Endurance, which Mm -hmm. was mostly a coffee table book. And its cover was a picture of an old ship with, you know, the rigging and the sails trapped in an ice floe. And I'm like, what is that? And the title was Endurance. And I opened it up and I just fell down the rabbit hole of the story of Ernest Shackleton and his expedition to Antarctica with the aim of crossing Antarctica. And his ship got stuck in ice. And I think this story is a lot better known now. I think there's people have written about it and there's been TV adaptations of their story. And there was a play, wasn't there? There was a... Uh, it's it's it's. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Tom Crean. Yes, Tom, Tom Crean, who was one of the crew, and and is who I I identify with Crean much more than I do Shackleton. I'm not a leader, but I love being in a team. So Crean, Crean was more like the bass player. Yes, thank you. Exactly. He was not the lead singer. He was the bass player. He was the lukewarm water between <laughs> <laughs> between the singer and the lead guitarist. Yeah. And, and Crean was a, a, a interesting guy from Anniscore, County Kerry, and Shackleton was a fascinating guy from Athai. And the whole story, and just, you know, Shackleton got every man home alive. Yeah. From, you know, how did they not die? How did they not get eaten by Orca? How, yeah, how did they make it? It's, it's a fascinating story. Yeah, and Crean is the quiet one who just keeps people alive, you know? Brilliant. I, I actually got it. I haven't read that book. To my shame, um, I, there's, I, I... There's more books about it now, but yeah. Endurance was the first time I ever saw the, these the photos. Mm. They had an, an, an Australian-Irish guy called Frank Hurley on the expedition who just kept taking photos. It is an incredibly uh, well-documented um, adventure for its time. Yeah, very modern for its time. Yeah. Very modern for its time. Brilliant stuff. And there was... Um, uh, also, uh, you're, we asked you to pick uh, someone that, that, that makes you smile, makes you laugh, and uh, you've gone with uh, Father Ted. Oh, Father Ted. That's just, I, I, I don't know if it's my age, because I, I understand, again, it, it was a couple of decades ago now, but it's like, Father Ted for me is like Hamlet. It's just, you know, you hear a quote and it's either Shakespeare or it's Father Ted. And and it's just, you know, bishops love sci-fi, Ted. These are small. These are far away. Oh, that is, yeah, that's that's, that's transcended comedy now. Careful now. Careful now. Oh, go on. There's cocaine in them. I've had my fun and that's all that matters. (laughs) That's my favorite one. (laughs) 
phone. Oh, God no. rest Brendan Grace. He was brilliant. Wasn't he perfect? He was just so. It was just. I remember when he when he turned up and I went, Brendan Grace, how's this going to oh, fly? Yeah. And he was just so. Great. Perfect. Father fit the stack, yeah. yeah. Revelation to me, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah and, that uh, was brilliant. And not dissimilar character, actually. All, one of the great uh, Father Ted uh, kind of villains, disruptive characters, is your favourite. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the world's, the world's most, uh, shall we say, prolific milkman. <laughs> Number one in customer satisfaction, Pat Mustard, <laughs> milkman. I, I love him. My two favourite episodes are Hell, when they go to the dark, scary cave. Oh, featuring Victor Graham Norton. Meldon. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, Graham Norton's brilliant. Victor Meldon's brilliant. And that yeah. moment where Fred says, shall I go up and say I don't believe it? Yeah. And Google's like, yeah, I bet no one's ever, no one ever said does that, that yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and my then God. My, but my other one where Dougal has to keep the milk float above five, uh, below five miles an hour yeah. and it's all down to Pat Mustard with the hairy, sexy milkman with the big toolbox. Yes. <laughs> and he's I, obviously I, contributing to the population boom. And never have so many uh, sexual innuendos being packed into uh, such a short uh, space of time. Oh, let's, it's brilliant. Let's have and a quick... This uh, is Doyle's face the whole way through. It's brilliant, yeah. It's, it's, it's unadulterated lust. Um... Mm. Let's uh, let's uh, take a quick clip, actually. Right. Hello, Father. <laughs> oh, Pat was wondering if he could put his massive tool in my box. What? How dare you? That's too big for the milk float. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll pick it up tomorrow. Mrs. Doyle, could you leave us for a few moments? I shall, Father. <laughs> I know what's going on, Pat Mustard. There are some very hairy babies on Craggy Island, and I think you are the hairy baby maker. No, yet? Well, I think that you would uh, need proof if you're going to make that sort of an accusation. And I'm a very careful man, Father. A very careful man. Except when it comes to taking precautions in the bedroom. No, you, you wouldn't be advising the use of artificial contraception, now, Father, would you? <laughs> yes, I... No, I... If you're going to be, I, I of, of course, you, you, just feck off! <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta say that. Um, oh. Listen, uh, that's your, that, that is your Hamlet. I think that is brilliant because uh, it is so, it's, it's so quote worthy. I wish we had more time to chat. There was one oh. other thing we were going to get to, but I've, I've yeah. run out of time. Uh, but thanks so much. Just before you go, um, yeah. I have a message here from Tony and Drum Condra. Uh, he says, I saw a coach play uh, a lovely gig Upstairs in the Stag's Head a few years back. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, I miss those sort of things. I think you're speaking for all of us there, Tony. Yeah. Uh, had a brief word, and she was lovely. And uh, for the record, the original version of Haunted that she sings will always be the definitive version, despite Sinead's best efforts. And I know you mean that in a very nice way, Tony. And thank you for the message. And, uh, Kosh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Oh, it's been a pleasure, mate. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll get we'll get our rock and roll back soon. And uh, we we'll get will. to catch up face-to-face. -face and uh, yeah. in, in the meantime, listen, the best of luck and, um, you know, enjoy your time uh, back here in the outside. I'm sure you'll be off yeah. on your adventures uh, once again in no time. And in soon the meantime, as I'm out of quarantine. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and enjoy that when you get to it and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, mate. Been a pleasure. Cheers, Coach. All the best. Bye. Um, yes. Great. Gosh, so cool. One of the coolest people in the world.
is Kersha Reardon. And uh, great to have her on the show. It's Paul McLuhan here until one o'clock, which fast approaches. I'll be joined uh, by actually the presenter who's up next uh, on Today FM. We're going to get her in a little early and uh, do a wee bit extra uh, for us. Uh, Pamela Joyce uh, will be in to talk about stuff to watch, things to do, things to listen to for the rest of your bank holiday weekend. That's coming up in just a few. Mario Sunday Roast on Today FM with Mario Rosenstock.